Welcome to another episode of About Perception. This is Tom Garrity, and joining me today is Martin Waxman from Martin Waxman Communications in Toronto, Canada. And so, see, this is, we're now an international broadcast, so welcome, Martin. Uh, thank you, Tom. And, you know, I have had you as a guest on my podcast inside PR. I have to do a plug for it. Oh, absolutely. In fact, it is on my playlist and it should be on yours too. A lot of great information. Uh, Joe Thornley and Gina Dietrich uh, are both on there as well, always providing some great insights. They leverage technology in ways that I could never even think of beginning to leverage technology. But that's exactly why we're here today is uh, we are actually in uh, Atlanta for the PRSA International Conference and uh, where we spoke on uh, surviving the zombie apocalypse with your job. But we're going to talk today about to Martin about your presentation in Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, which was really leveraging technology. Yeah, and, and kind of trying to take a different look at PR. I called it Beyond Google Maps, one, because I have no sense of direction, so I need to get beyond Google Maps, uh, navigating the PR road ahead. And I tried to look at some of the trends, some of the things that changed, uh, certainly in the media marketplace or the media landscape, where traditional media has been decimated. I actually was at a uh, session yesterday um, at the PRSA conference, and uh, Lee Oden, who I mentioned to you before, uh, said that since 2007, 17,000 media jobs have been lost. That's just incredible. So if you think the PR industry is growing, that many jobs have lost. If what we were doing was primarily pitching media, although we did lots of other things, but that's still a core function, how can we do that and how can we get our stories out there, our client stories out there, our organization stories out there, in a new world, how do, you know? How do we shift and pivot, really? Well, and it's funny. It's uh, uh, I've often have gotten a chuckle out of uh, the use of the word pivot because it takes on a totally a different meaning today as it did, uh, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty years ago, uh, as the pound sign uh, or hashtag has in its own way as well. Um, when you talk about the traditional media being decimated, um, expand upon that just a little bit. Okay, and you're right about pivot. Because sat, now I have a whole different image in my head of me kind of standing here and kind of pivoting and trying to get a three-pointer, whatever. Anyway, that's not what I meant. So uh, the thing is, you know, there seems to be a generation gap between millennials on one side. So those are people under 35 and boomers and Gen Xers on the other in the way that we consume media. doesn't necessarily mean we're not reading the same stories. We're just coming to them from different perspectives. So if you're a boomer like I am or a Gen Xer, you know, we trust the sources, whether it's the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times or the Toronto Globe Mail. You know, we trust things that have been written there. Um, Millennials, they're coming to content really through the back door. You know, whether it's a social discovery, whether it's um, on an aggregation site. You know, the new media are the aggregators like Huffington Post. And in a way, Facebook is like that. Um, so they may be reading the stories, but they're not going to those media outlets. And as a result, you know, advertising's going down, circulation's going down. Um, revenues going down. It's pretty expensive to employ a newsroom or producers and on-air folks. 
it's a lot cheaper to have an online platform where you're pulling in stories that other people worked on and selling ads around them. So I think that's a shift like that. And it fundamentally changes the way, you know, the market is working. Well, and I think that that is somewhat reflected um, you know, with my youngest daughter, Casey. And uh, she and I are connected through Snapchat. And, you know, one day she sends me this great snap of a dolphin kind of going for, you know, from a bird's eye view of a dolphin going up to get a, a, a fish, you know, that's out there hanging for it. And it says, good morning. And I laughed and I, I Snapchatted her back. I said, where on earth did you get that great little gif? And uh, she said, well, I, I read uh, National Geographic and a couple of other magazines that are online through Snapchat on a daily basis. And so that blew my mind that, well, I'm, not that she's in, interested in the stories of the day, but how she's leveraging Snapchat uh, to get those stories of the day. Right. And it, it just, it's hard for people who have seen, you know, the traditional world fall apart, get our heads around that. Because we're still on the mindset that you have news, you put out a news release, you call a reporter. That does, that's not really, the, it works that way, but not really. You know, it's, it's the same steps, the same ideas. You, ha, you need that story, that great story. You need a headline, whether it's, you know, uh, 140 characters on Twitter and a link. That's a headline. And, and those are, it, it's just a different way to approach it. And the results are different, too, because you know that if you got into front page of a major media outlet, people saw it. Now it's so much more fragmented. Yeah, it most certainly is. And I think sometimes, though, that organizations put, uh, I might be shooting myself in the foot here, but uh, more too much emphasis on the reaction of the social media or digital media space. Uh, case in point, I enjoy watching college football. And uh, it's, a, it's a space that Nike and other kind of uniform companies have come out to really create these outlandish college football uniforms. And I was talking with a, a friend of mine who is actually in that business uh, because I was at a game at the, at the University of New Mexico, and they had a new logo on the side of the helmet, which are not cheap, I found out. They're you know, sometimes thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 to redo all of those stickers on the helmets. And so what they, what they did was is that I said, why did you change it? I really liked the last one. They said, well, the Twitter response, the Twitter reception was so negative that they decided, well, we're just going to go ahead and change it. And I said, well, how many of those Twitter you know, users are actually college football fans? And they said, it doesn't really matter <laughs> because they want to be able to be relevant in that social space. Uh, do you find that sometimes organizations are placing too much of an emphasis on how the social space reacts? Well, I think that's a great story and a great point. And, yeah, because what you're doing is you don't want to put the platform ahead of the audience. Like, who's buying tickets? And where are they? Now, if that audience is on Twitter, and if it's that audience plus a bigger audience, because, you know, it's amplified outside of, you know your local area or your state or the country, then yeah, pay attention. Because it's your core group, the people you're trying to reach, the people you're trying to uh, get in front of, your audience that are saying, this sucks. You know, like we really don't like... <clears throat> I'm going to 
do that again. Yeah. This sucks. We really don't like it. And, uh, yeah, so it, it's like putting the channel first and not thinking about the audience and then the outcome. Um, but sometimes, you know, it, it's like PR as publicity, right? Noise. It doesn't matter where your story landed as long as it's everywhere and it's just like all this noise but again you go back to that question did it reach the audience and did it persuade them was there an outcome that you wanted you know, one of the things that we had the chance to talk about uh, before we started this interview uh, included how organizations can maintain or build relevance and uh, we didn't actually talk about an answer to this next question, but um, what are three ways that you would suggest for organizations to do if they wanted to gain relevance in their own communities? I think the first thing, and this is like an obvious one, is listen. Just start listening, asking questions. Don't necessarily think like Steve Jobs, who basically said, I know what's good for people. You're taking this. And yeah, he was really successful. Kind of the flip side of that. So listen to what people are saying. Ask them questions. Uh, second thing is really figure out who your audience is. Like really, who are they? Look around. You know, you might be surprised. And there's also the primary audience, but there's also the secondary audience. You know, the people that you want to start to reach. So you can't forget about those. You can't only go into that one core audience. It's sort of who are your prospects. And then the third thing is uh, creativity. Can I do four? Okay. Thank you. Because it's got to be an amazing story. And then the channel, based on the channels that they're on, not the channels that, say, you personally like. like. I love Twitter personally, but I know it's not right for many of my clients as their primary form of communication with their customers. Right, we're right at about that 10-minute mark, but I just have to ask, what do you think the most relevant social media platform today? What, what is it? Well, for me, I still love Twitter. I, I think it is amazing because it is, in, in essence, a newsroom. And for me, it's not about who follows me, but who I follow. Once you get that right balance of followers, you get exposed to incredible stories and links. I used to be a crazy magazine reader, read so many magazines and newspapers. Now I never buy them. And I read even more widely because of social media and all the different links that I, I'm being taken to, whether it's mainstream media or sometimes really interesting blogs with points of view that I wouldn't have read before. So that I think is interesting. I think for the younger generation... <laughs> Pretty much everyone than me. <laughs> it, Snapchat's really interesting. And I don't... I like Snapchat. I'm fascinated by it. I don't feel I really understand it. To me, it's like an alternative weekly. And that, you know, you, you know it's there. You know it's doing something really amazing. But how do you kind of participate and not act like an idiot. 
Fascinating. Well, uh, always great insights. Enjoy always our conversations. You never know where they're going to go. Uh, website where they can learn more about uh, you, your company, and podcasts, perhaps even your Twitter address. Okay, so uh, just my name, martinwaxman.com, um, and Inside PR, which is uh, insidepr.ca, and Twitter, just at martinwaxman. Martin Waxman, thank you very much. This has been the About Perception podcast. More next time.